It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Batter of their own this is episode 65 of a pot of their own i am allison mccaig and i am joined this week by my lovely co-host linda Surovich. hello linda hey allison kellyanne has this week off uh she's got some i think she mentioned that she's you know dealing with adjustments to her various medications and so um she's she's tired this week so hi kellyanne out there in the podcast waves we miss you um yes. yeah she's off this week so it's just linda and i but um yeah, we've got, we actually have some Mets news to report. It's, you know, it feels like it's a quiet off season, but it's kind of not because of the ownership change. Um, and there has been news on that front. Um, so as we approach the month of November, the time is finally coming officially um, for the Wilpon era to come to an end. Um, the uh, Major League Baseball owners, the entire group, is expected to vote um, on Cohen's uh, bid to buy the Mets on Friday. Um, he's expected to be confirmed. There's really no, um, I haven't seen any sort of reporting anywhere that indicates that he's not going to get approved. Well, there is one person. But... <laughs> well, there's one person, but it's not one <laughs> of the owners. But yeah, he does have he does have one no vote already kind of on the record because they, they had a smaller group of um owners that voted uh, i forget it was like a preliminary vote and it was, yeah, it was a like a subcommittee group. or something yeah it was a subcommittee and one of them voted no and so he remains no is it reinsdorf yes yeah okay um yeah let me confirm that with the 
before I say that's true. Yeah. Jerry Reinsdorf. Um, and yeah, and so he's, he's the owner of the White Sox. Yeah, he's right? the White Sox yeah. owner. He voted no. I don't know if there's any record, like any quote from him as to why, but um, I think he has some connection to A Rod, but I can't remember what it is. Oh, that would that would make sense then. <sighs> um, I, I I remember seeing something that he had a connection to A Rod, but it slips my mind at the moment. Yeah, so he had voted no on that subcommittee, um, and so he remains no. And then apparently there are two others on the fence. I don't think we know who they are. Um, Disha Thosar reported um, that the vote is coming um, on Friday and that there were two on the fence, but I'm not sure if she wrote in her article who they were. I didn't don't think so. Think so. Um... And then, of course, there's the de Blasio wrinkle. Yes, yes. Um, so that's another wrinkle. Yeah, so just two owners were on the fence with one firm no vote as of Tuesday per sources. So in the article, it doesn't say who those people are. We know who the no is because of previous reporting. I don't think we know who these maybe people are. But yeah, so it, the, but the owners aren't the roadblock here. They're, they're going to vote him in. He only needs 22 of 29, and we only know of those three maximum no's right now, so it's unlikely that he will get voted down. However, there's a, re, a weird wrinkle where, oddly, Mayor Bill de Blasio has say in this, um, because City Field is on um, city-owned land, and so Bill de Blasio has to hand over the lease agreement for the land that City Field rests on in order for the sale to really go through. Um, and de Blasio has like weird, been weirdly cagey about this whole thing. Um, yeah, he said he has his office like looking into it or something like that. That was the last thing he said. It was like cryptic. Yeah, it was like, my office is looking into it, and we need to make sure that we thoroughly investigate everyone that wants to do something with the city. It's like, Yeah, because there's like a morality clause or something where you can't be a felon and and own the land, but... Yeah. And even Cohen though Steve... was never convicted. Exactly. Even though Steve Cohen himself has never been convicted of financial crimes, his... Um, companies have been embroiled in all sorts of shady stuff on Wall Street and like people under him have been convicted of financial crimes. And so there's that. Um, Yeah, here's the exact de Blasio quote. This is something our law department is evaluating right now. We obviously want to get a a resolution on this very quickly. The deal is this. Because the land land that City Field is on and the stadium belong to the city, the city always has to have a role when there's an ownership change. There's a process for doing that. The law department is doing its due diligence right now. He continued. I'll be getting a report from them soon. It'll just be based on the facts of the research they've done. And again, we'll speak on that very quickly. Um, but like de Blasio and the Wilpons having a morality clause in this sale is laughable to say the least. I know. And it's like, I think that this is, this is almost like, and it's not like, I mean, you know, the Wilpons have been owning the team for pretty much like the our entire baseball fandom, like our generation's entire baseball fandom. So we don't really like remember any like previous ownership changes but like 
yes, that is technically a thing, but it's a technicality that de Blasio seems to be like grandstanding about. It's like not, this isn't a thing that's really been employed to this extent in the past. Um, so, and who knows if it's really a thing or if it's just the media making it a thing, one media member in particular making it a thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, people keep being like, people keep making, again, like, the media keeps making this probably a bigger deal than it is, and de Blasio, like... We know we know his personality. We know he likes to grandstand. That is not a political <laughs> statement to say that. Um, that's you know kind of his. No, it's MO. factual. Um, but I don't know. Like I think it'll. I I don't. I don't foresee this being an actual problem. Uh, like, does De Blasio really want to make himself even more unpopular than he already is? Oh my gosh! I think that would be the final straw. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wants to go down that road. Um, but there was actually a very, there was a very good on this whole thing, um, not really on the like de Blasio situation or like, you know, the, the, like the ins and outs surrounding the sale, but on the like technicality and also the, um, the actual precise nature of Cohen's company's past, there was a really good story like this week written in the New Yorker about it by, um, by a reporter who like specializes on wall street reporting and has written a book about financial crimes on wall street so that's worth a read and i will link that um in the in the um tweets for this episode but um this none of this is to say that he that steve cohen is not a shady guy we've talked about this on the podcast before like if if bill de blasio really wanted to like take issue with some of the stuff that his company has done, then he has, I suppose, a right to do so. But I don't think that he actually has a problem with any of it. He's just, you know, trying to get attention. Yeah. Well, and also find a billionaire who doesn't have skeletons in their closet. Right, exactly. And like we've so. said many times on this pod, there there are no angels here. Like, nope. believe me when I say that this type of law department investigation into any one of these billionaires would find something or another i'm sure Um, yeah if it's not cohen it's just going to be somebody else and you're in the same boat all over again yeah exactly exactly um but nonetheless it doesn't seem like there's going to be an actual problem but of course we're getting all the how mayor bill de blasio may hold up the sale headlines (sighs) and it's like yeah whatever well, and also, um, apparently, Jeff Wilpon said goodbye to the staff. Yeah. So it does seem like a done deal. Yeah, so that was the other, like, quote, major Mets story to come out this week, is that not only um, are the, like, final details being hammered into place as far as the actual sale, um, and if Cohen's approved on Friday and this de Blasio thing is not a big deal, then, like, presumably he would take control of the team like in november um that would officially happen meanwhile the mets made a random like roster <laughs> and which was hilarious who's in charge he's like who is doing this <laughs> like who? seriously who decided this <laughs> some intern just like typed it out and hit tweet and they were like sure all right <laughs> yeah that happened yeah poor ryan cordell well, poor ryan cordell <laughs> has been a victim of this mess where nobody knows who's in charge. The illustrious Ryan Cordell era has come to an end. Ryan Cordell is placed on waivers and the Mets claimed um, a former Cub. 
Yes. I think there's an infielder. Yeah, sounds right. Um, his I did not recognize his name when I saw it. Um, but yeah, the Mets made a random roster move amidst all this while like no one seems to be exactly in power at the moment, which was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, th- there was a Zoom call. It was apparently like a 15 to 20 minute Zoom call with various employees of the... Can we just say how funny it is that 20 years can be summed up in 15 minutes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, basically you're... like, sorry we didn't win more. Yeah, it was like the highs and the lows, and the highs were basically City Field and the World Series. Like after t- two decades, it's getting City Field built and getting to the World Series accidentally. <laughs> yep. So I'm, I'm sure the lows took up the most of that 20 minute Zoom call. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, to be a fly on the wall, though. Yeah, I would have it would be pretty funny to have like, heard. Was it somebody in Slack who said they hope he cried? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he did. There was that weird thing where, like, everybody was saying, "You can't fire me. I quit." Like he said, he didn't want to work with Cohen. Well, it's like, buddy, nobody Cohen don't want to work with you either. Yeah, exactly. What was it? It was an Andy Martino tweet, but yes. it was like, um, where was it? And th- this isn't for once. This isn't me actually like dunking on Andy Martino of Metsblog.com. This is just. <laughs> I'm I I am dunking on the tweet, but not because of him. Like he's just he's just he's the one who had the information. But because I'm sure Jeffy texted texted him him, exactly. So one more note from that: Jeff Wilpon will leave the organization when the sale closes. He has told colleagues he doesn't want to talk to the Cohen Group about any kind of involvement (laughs) with the with Mets, even as family retains limited ownership stake. So it's kind of confirming that, like, I mean, we probably like we kind of got like the hint of this already that like this Cohen sale really was like, he's going to be in control of the team. The Wilpons are not going to, because we, we know this is true because they fought over this initially. The first time Cohen was going to buy the team, the Wilpons wanted to maintain control and Cohen didn't want that. And that's why the initial sale fell through. So this time the Cohen's getting his way, but like, it's, it's kind of funny that like it's being portrayed as like, Jeff Wilpon not wanting anything to do with Steve Cohen when it's like LOL as if he would have you. Like, yeah, like he, I'm sure he doesn't want your opinion on literally anything. <laughs> like I'm not like, gonna what? give my opinion. It's like oh no. Yeah, like what value do you bring at this point? Um, I I tweeted and I give I give Michael full um credit for this tweet because he was the one that said it. I mean, like I found the gif, but he was the one that said it because uh when we when we were both like we were sitting next to each other on the couch and he like showed me the Andy Martino tweet and, and then he goes stop don't come back <laughs> like the <laughs> the this scene from uh Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh yes, yes, yes. oh no. Yeah, so I tweeted go. the gif of that, the very like sarcastic like stop don't no, no. come back. what are we gonna do without you gene wilder's the best um but yeah so that's that's immediately what we thought of it was like oh no he's not gonna be involved with the organization whatever shall we do um like like, really do you have that high of opinion of yourself where you think they care yeah right like they they literally could not care less imagine imagine having mediocre white man confidence Imagine having fail son confidence. Oh my god, I can't. I, I wish uh, you could, like, I need, like, a, an injection of that 
stuff on my worst day. Like, yes. today was a pretty d- bad day at work just for various reasons. And, like, could have used a shot of some white guy confidence. That would have been great. <laughs> just like a, like, everything's going to be fine. It doesn't matter that I look incompetent to these people over things that are not my fault, but I'm falling on the sword for. If yeah. I was, if I had the confidence of Jeff Wilpon, it wouldn't matter because my failure would just be like, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm rich. Who cares? Day. It'll fix itself. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like everything's fine. Daddy will take care of it. Yeah. I own a sports team and it's like a toy to me. Oh my God. I, I, I know I shouldn't get all worked up because after Friday he does, he won't bother me anymore, but uh, just his face is just so enraging still. Yeah, I know. But like, yeah, like you said, like after Friday, I'm never going to have to like even see his face again. No. Let alone I like know. think. I don't have to face. think about what the Wilpons are doing after today. I mean, after yeah. Friday. Isn't that amazing? It is. It's like the weirdest feeling. Like we're free. We're we really are free. free. We're after free. After Friday. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I, oh, I think when I, when they sold like one news that they sold the gift I used was Bill Pullman from Independence saying, this is our Independence Day. Like, it's true. That will be October 30th in Mets history. That is our Independence Day. Yeah, we should make it a, like, Mets fandom holiday. Like, all Mets fans should be allowed to take off work <laughs> on October 30th. And, I mean, I'm going to get back to this in my walk-off wins, but this is kind of the best birthday gift I could have possibly asked for. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it really, how do, you can't top this, can you? No, you cannot. And it's a big one, isn't it? Yes, it's my yeah. 30th birthday and on Thursday. Welcome the, to the club. And the day after, like, will be the official end of the Wilpon era, which is pretty cool. And hopefully, like, in future years, my, like, the week of my birthday, if not the day of, will be marking, like, World Series wins, you know. Oh, oh, we can dream. I know, they big might dreams. Still be playing on your birthday, right? They never play on my birthday. They have never once in my lifetime played on my birthday because even in 2015, October 29th was an off day between oh. games like three and four or something. Oh, um, yeah. Well, to be fair, they've never played on my birthday either, but that's because it's in January. <laughs> yeah, no team has ever played on your birthday. No, um, and if it, if any year would be, it would be this year, and it's not even that wacky. Nope, nope. Even COVID, we haven't reached that, that point yet. Oh God! Imagine winter <laughs> baseball. I mean, eventually, all these stadiums are going to have roofs, so presumably they could play whenever they want in the in someday. I don't know. Yeah. In, in the after times, things. if pre-COVID is the before times, is after COVID the after times? AC after COVID. Yeah. Instead of AD. <laughs> A- AC and AD. Yeah, we're just going to A- like restart the clock again. On the <laughs> I'm years, okay with on the that. counting. But just imagine the first day of your 30s, you're Wilpon free. I know. It's going to be What a so way cool. to start out. I know. It's it's like it can only go it's scary cuz it only means it could go downhill from here. Although maybe if Cohen is actually a good owner, it'll go. It'll it'll go up from there and having sandy alderson on board i'm totally on board with that i agree it's good i I always liked sandy so and he at least is i think we've mentioned this before too he's at least smart yes 
<laughs> and involved in baseball, unlike Jeffy, who's the exact opposite of that. So, I mean, it's a low bar to clear, but Sandy clears it and then some. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I guess the only, like, baseball-wide thing that's going on right now is is the World Series. Um and I did want to talk about the World Series a little bit, even though I haven't been watching it much. I watched nope. most of Game 5. Um, I fell asleep on the couch before the end of it. Oops. <laughs> um, the game's good. I haven't watched any of it. The game's so you're ahead of me. Games go really late. <laughs> <laughs> they start at 8 o'clock in their, you know, postseason games, so they're long. I'm not complaining about the length. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, Rob Manfred. Um, but you know, I just, um, I guess I don't have the, the grad school, um, grit that I used to have in staying up late. I am a night owl by nature, but even only that, even that can only go so far when you like work a normal work person schedule. Um, so, and I mean, obviously I'm, if I was more invested, I would have (laughs) stayed awake. Like Um, I just couldn't get into it. Like, I don't know, between you know, the weird season and just, I don't know, like the Mets being bad all year. Like baseball wasn't fun this year, like for me at all. So the highlight of the year was the Wilpon selling and that has nothing to do with what was going on on the baseball field. So I don't know. I just had no interest in, and I think that was also due to, I realized I could live without it when everything was shut down. So I found other things to preoccupy my time. And I don't think I'm the only one like that because the ratings are really bad. So that's probably not going to help Manfred because now Manfred's still being Manfred and saying, oh, we still need to run her on second rule. Yeah, we're going to keep all these things that people objectively hated. Like... Yeah, the expanded playoffs and the runner on second, the thing that everybody hated the most. He's like, nope, you know what? I think that was a good idea after all. And somehow the DH, which is like, I mean, I'm in the minority. I still don't like the DH in the National League, but that was like objectively the thing that the most, like the fans like could most either like wholeheartedly approved of or at least were willing to swallow. And that's somehow not staying. But the other things that people hate more are staying and oh the other thing too is he was he's crying poor again like oh they're like deeply in debt after Uh, this year like who fucking who i know it's and it's like a theme that um 
that's pervasive because it, it was funny. Vaz had like the perfect comment because he he had to like post that article for morning news this morning about like MLB crying poor, and he wrote um, maybe if they had uh, they had eaten less avocado toast and saved <laughs> their money for a rainy day, they'd be okay. So it's kind of like so hard to have sympathy for these billionaires of like eh, revenue. It's like you still have TV revenue and you're still uh-huh. rich out of your mind. So I yeah, don't understand what your issue is and like this is kind of like meandering away from the topic at hand but we have the time we're we're here um but like in a similar vein like i'm kind of seeing this a lot all over the place and it's like when there are people actually economically hurting because of this like people mm-hmm. who are going bankrupt because they lost their job because of covid it's hard for me to sympathize with something like And this is such a good, like, I think it's a really good parallel to, like, these Major League Baseball teams because they're institutions that we deeply care about, but whose ownership is super greedy. And so it's, like, it creates all these, like, um, ethical, like, you know, conundrums. Because the bookstore Strand, um, which Mm -hmm. this is relevant to New Yorkers and people who root for the Mets because Strand is, like, a really, like, a mainstay in New York. It's, like, the biggest independent bookstore, um that exists in like the country as far as I know. And, um, and there it's a, it's a beloved institution. I've been there. It's, it's great. It's like a great place. I love it there. It's, I would love for it to stay, but they've like posted, like they've like basically made the, made the alarm bell call out to everyone being like, we are going to go out of business because of COVID. If you guys don't step up and buy our books essentially. But meanwhile, the owner of strand is a multimillionaire and she owns that building so it's not like she's paying rent on the building she owns the building mm-hmm. and she bought a bunch of amazon stock with her ppp yep. loan yep. it's like well like how do you expect me when you cry poor how do you expect me to sympathize with that how do you I expect know. me and like and yes she's like off a bunch of workers didn't she yes yes right before she applied for the loan oh because, come on. because part of the like part of the um stipulation of you getting those loans is that you're trying to retain your workers that's like part of yeah (laughs) part of it and so she claimed she was like i'm retaining my workers but she laid them all off anyway and she only rehired like a really small portion of them and she bought a bunch of amazon stock instead (laughs) her direct competitor and the thing that is literally crushing her bookstore like Uh, oh god mind-boggling like and I guess she's small potatoes compared to, like, Jeff Bezos. But you should actively be trying to, like, fight against what Jeff Bezos is doing. I instead know. of buying stock in his company because you're taking advantage of the pandemic and you see Amazon stock soaring. Like, it's hard for me to have sympathy with that, despite the fact that I love your business. And same thing with these baseball teams. It's like, yep. obviously, I love baseball. It's, like, deeply ingrained in who I am as a person. I, I love it with my whole heart. But, like... I can't, I can't, like, sympathize with these billionaire owners who are like, revenues, me. And it's so hard that it's the people in power that can ruin it for everybody. Yep. And, you know, what's going to happen to the players? What's going to happen to the minor leaguers? What's going to happen to, you know, which Cohen did, did, he did come in and say he's going to pay all the city field workers, which, you know, kudos to him, no matter what he's doing, what the reason is behind it. But he's the only one so far what's going to happen to all these other stadium workers. Yeah, exactly. And so they're the ones who are going to suffer, not these billionaires who are crying poor. Exactly. And it's like, 
if you, again, like, these are the same people preaching to our generation who, like, are complaining about how we're drowning in student debt and can never afford mm-hmm. to buy a house. Like, they're being like, oh, shouldn't have eaten all that avocado toast. It's like, yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't have yeah. eaten all that avocado toast. Maybe you'd be <laughs> able to afford your goddamn baseball team. I don't know what to tell you or your bookstore. Like, Or maybe you shouldn't have bought, like, 25 yachts. I don't know. Yeah, or hundreds <laughs> of thousands of dollars in Amazon stock. Maybe you should sell a few of those shares, make a few million, and then hire your yeah, goddamn and you'll be back. fine. Instead of being like, please buy one book <laughs> from my <laughs> bookstore. Yeah, like, you know what? If her... the responsibility on the consumer uh-huh. when, like, we can only do so much. Like, yeah, okay, I can buy a book at Strand. Michael bought a book at Strand. And so, like... Because he felt he really wanted to save it. And I sympathize with that. It's like, I can do the same thing. Like, I can buy books. But, like, how much impact is that making as opposed to selling two shares of Amazon stock and rehiring your workers? Seriously. And then it's your fault if your business fails. mm Mm-hmm. And she'll be fine even if it does fail. Right. She doesn't need this. No. It's the people that suffer if it goes under. Again. Yes. It's the people who care about reading and who care about buying the books and all the people that work there and rely on that income. Those are the people that are suffering, not the owner of the bookstore. It just shows, again, how baseball really is a microcosm of the United States. It always was and it always will be. Not to mention that her husband is a Republican senator who's constantly like, socialist handouts. It's like, well, is your wife not now asking asking for handouts? handouts? Yep. Is your wife now not asking to be bailed out? Please. <laughs> and like, ex- in the, and this is relevant because this is the politics of all these people. Yeah. And suddenly, when the tough, when the tough gets going, quote unquote, for them, they're they're like, bail us out. Well, you know, now that you've brought up politics, <laughs> um, it did cross my mind that. The Wilpons donated to de Blasio's embarrassing presidential campaign. <laughs> True, they did. So how is there not a conflict of interest there of him revealing I... these? You know. The sale. Like, yeah, I don't true. know. It just feels weird to me. True. I didn't think of that, but that's really true. It is pretty icky. Yeah. Like, he, they directly gave you money for you to embarrass yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess if, like, the sale, if he somehow magically holds up this sale, I guess that'll be something to look into at that point. But, yeah, yeah he no, does but... He does have, like, you know, an interest there. That's true. Yeah, yeah. De Blasio does owe the Wilpons a certain debt. Um, and we know Jeffy doesn't want to sell to Cohen. Right, correct. So, I... Cohen's super rich, and he has not much of a choice because they are, you know, broke as far as these millionaires go. Yeah. Well, I think... Are they even billionaires? Did they crack the a billion? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I mean, they will be once the sale goes through. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most of, of <sighs> a sports for, an American sports franchise has ever been sold for in history. So. Well, so they can take their $2 billion and just never be seen or heard from again. Buy some fucking Amazon stock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, will I get in trouble if I name this episode, buy some fucking Amazon stock? 
maybe um (laughs) anyway i was ostensibly talking about the world series um uh like you said it's it to me like i'm of two minds about it i don't think i'm I'm gonna go quite as far as you and i don't think i feel quite as strongly as you do about like baseball like you realized you didn't and i not to say that i think you're wrong like yeah there's no right or wrong way to like emotionally feel about all of this um but like i like because i don't really like have other sports to care about like it's life was really hard for me without baseball and so like i did i did get invested in the 2020 season even though most of it was bad but i haven't (laughs) really watched the playoffs and i normally do um i normally just put it on as background noise just when i'm doing other stuff and this year i really haven't but it hasn't really had much to do with even though I do feel like this season was ill-advised and shouldn't have happened, I'll admit that 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 hasn't been my motivation to not watch it so much as the expanded playoffs turned me off so much and I hated the format so much that I haven't watched it. But, um, But objectively speaking, I mean, like, obviously, even though I'm not watching the games inning by inning, I'm seeing like I'm I'm essentially watching them through Twitter because I'm seeing yeah. everyone on baseball Twitter's reaction to all of it and and that has been entertaining in and of itself because I enjoy like I enjoy the camaraderie with other fans. I enjoy seeing other people get excited. It's been fun to see like Dodgers and Rays fans react to various things that are happening. So Although Dodger according to Dodgers fans, they're so beleaguered. Oh yeah. Uh, it's so hard to be a Dodgers fan. It's so hard for me being a Dodgers fan. Uh. I somehow I like God, I hope that's us soon. Like anytime <laughs> yeah, we complain, other fan bases are like, You have the richest owner in sports and you've just won five straight titles. How dare you complain? The Mets are blessed. God, I hope that's us. Where we, like someday we get so spoiled that we complain about like our like <laughs> three our three hitters only track. hitting three fifty. God, I <laughs> hope that's us. Oh, <laughs> Man, I forget what I tweeted about, like, JT Ray Muto or the Phillies or something. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm insufferable, and I love it. I know, right? <laughs> like, oh, like, we can't afford JT Ray Muto. This is awesome. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> but that said, like, I'm, I, like I said, I'm seeing all of the reactions, like, through Twitter, basically, and objectively speaking, these playoffs have been fun, and that's, it, that is what is kind of sad about the fact, even though I can't blame anyone who, like, is checked out of baseball this year because of, like, A, the fact that this was kind of an ill-advised season to begin with, and B, like, 2020 is wearing us all down in various ways, and C, you don't like the changes that, that pandemic baseball has wrought but like it, it it's sad in a way that the ratings are so down because this has been objectively a fun playoffs just like as a neutral baseball fan if you don't have like a rooting interest one way or the other in any of the teams because like a lot of fun storylines have come out of this these playoffs like Randy Arozarena being yeah. like a playoff hero it's someone who you've never heard of before this postseason that is like the the most fun shit like inject that into my veins like I love that stuff was it Kate it might have been Kate she tweeted he could win world series MVP before rookie of the year yeah which, which is insane. wild he's already set a record for most hits in postseason history for any single player of anyone yeah. and he's some random dude named randy what 
And I think he's, is he with Barry Bonds for like most home runs in a single postseason? Yeah, I think so. He's, uh, yeah, I think he's up there. But yeah, yeah it's just like in like insane names that he's in company with. Yeah. And like, and I think in another fun like postseason narrative has been I've really enjoyed seeing Clayton Kershaw be successful in the postseason and shake off his like, you know, the cloud that had been hanging over him that he's like unclutch or whatever. Because like, yeah, like I don't really like the Dodgers. In fact, I don't want them to win the World Series. I want the Rays to win. But like, I like Clayton Kershaw. He's awesome. And like, good players are fun to watch. And I, and like, the clutch stuff is so lame. And it's just like, I, you know, I've always, I've always felt like when people apply that criticism to Mets players, I always get really frustrated. So I get like, I get frustrated when I see it happen to other great players on other great teams too. And I can only imagine how a certain contingent of Dodgers fans must feel about that. Um, Like imagine if like Jacob deGrom, like hadn't performed so well in the postseason, like was only okay instead of great and like got, had gotten his but handed to him a couple times. Imagine the discourse among Mets fans and how they'd be like done and like over Jacob deGrom forever. Or if they just based it on his World Series appearance right. and not everything he had done before that. Exactly. And so like it's just it's amazing to watch people like call one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Like the uh, like one of definitely one of the greatest pitchers of our generation to be sure oh, for like, sure a big time bum because he hasn't been successful in the postseason finally he's doing well in the postseason which has been really cool to see um and he also set a record um so everybody's been talking about randy rosarena but clayton kershaw set a record too he has the most strikeouts of any pitcher um in postseason history yeah. um so and that's he was good cool. against us in 2015 like yeah, he, he was not the reason why they lost those games he won game four he was dominant game for yeah for sure on short rest um so yeah that's been cool to see and then obviously um game four had one of the most like wild endings to a postseason game i'm kind of sad i didn't see that because that is pretty crazy yeah i'm I'm sad i didn't see it live i watched the video obviously but i'm really i did too yeah live but like that's pretty cool it's like you know and obviously like a lot of mets fans like resonate with that because it's very reminiscent of the gets by buckner play um but even even crazier than that honestly because because there was two errors on the play there like there were well there were two errors but i would argue that between the two teams there were four major mistakes happening (laughs) and two of them were rose to the to the uh threshold of being errors and three of them were committed by the Dodgers so basically if you haven't watched this yet and you listen well, to this podcast base running on top of it too. exactly if you haven't watched this yet and you listen to this podcast go watch it right now like hit pause on the podcast go watch it come back um but yeah basically what happened <laughs> was is and also the fact that it's Brett Phillips of all people who like is like a again like a random, random postseason hero which is really cool so random brett phillips is up with like the season on the line he hits a single when he has to and it it, it should have just tied the game so regardless Mm -hmm. of what occurred on the play the game would have been tied because he had a single with a runner in scoring position um so he had a single the tying run came around and then the outfielder like bobbled like let the ball kind of get away from him in the outfield as it like rolled it like rolled past it wasn't bets was it 
No. Okay. Um, no, it was. Oh uh, shoot! I, I couldn't tell who it was. I don't think it was Betts. Now you're having me second guess myself. Because it was the right fielder, I think. Because that would make it even crazier if it was Betts, because Betts have been playing, like, insane defense this entire postseason. I think it was Betts. I'm, like, re-watching the video, but I'm going to mute it because I don't want to. Oh, you're not showing the angle. No, sure see, that... I couldn't tell if it was him or not. This video is not showing the correct angle. Anyway, ball got by the outfielder, and so then, um, was it? It was a Rosarena, right? It was a Rosarena, yeah. Then he like he he was gonna he was the winning run, so he took off from um he took off to try to score, which he wouldn't have done if the ball hadn't gotten by. But then he fell down, so like on the base and path, did a so, somersault and did like a weird somersault situation, and so like he would have been dead to rights because they threw the ball like an accurate after the ball was recovered, an accurate throw was made, and a Rosarina would have been dead to rights, except the catcher. So the catcher didn't know. The thing about this is like the catcher didn't realize that he had fallen down, so he didn't know how much time he had to make the tag. So instead of like, if he had just paused, if he had known how much time he really had and he had just taken his time and like gathered the ball and then turned to tag yeah. Rosarena, he would have tagged him no problem. But instead he thought he didn't have a lot of time. So he went to make like one of those sweep tags and completely like missed the ball basically. So then the ball yeah. got by him and then Rosarena was safe anyway. But then like, they, he still probably, they still probably would have gotten a Rosarena because he was basically, like, lying on the ground at that point. They still probably would have gotten him if Kenley Jansen had backed up yeah. home plate. And he didn't. He just stood there. He just stood there. And then they asked him after a postgame, and he said, it doesn't matter. He said, who cares? It doesn't matter. Or something like that. Who, who wrote that? Oh, my God. Uh, Jack Bear of uh, Yahoo Sports called it the double Buckner, which I love. Oh, that is the, good. The ending is the double Buckner because it was two errors. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, it was get, Chris well, Taylor. It was Chris Taylor. Oh, that's Chris Taylor. Think. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, well, Kenley Jansen had a bad quote afterwards. He yeah, was like, "It doesn't woof. matter. Like, I don't Which care. It doesn't it matter." Matters. Um, it's like this is the type of stuff they teach you in little league. Yeah, I was gonna say like that's just um. That's just like basic fundies. Yeah, a certain uh, a certain Mets announcer would be uh, beside himself about. Oh fundies. my god! Can you, Can you imagine? imagine Keith trying to announce that the fundies? He would have basically had an aneurysm. Why isn't Keith on the post game? Like they seriously need to bring Keith back. I know. I miss Keith on the postseason. I know. Although I didn't see it, but I'm very happy Grandy was. Was yes. on the pregame. Yes. Because Grandy only deserves good things. Love Curtis Granderson. Miss him on the Mets so much, but I'm glad oh. that he's like staying involved in baseball and you know. I just want all the good things for Grandy. Only good things for Grandy. Grandy for president, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Well, then like Grandy for like, I don't know, third base coach, hitting coach. Yeah. Something. I just At want to Steve Cohen. 
bring back Granderson. Bench you coach. I think he would be a good bench coach. He'd be really good. Yeah, he'd be a really good bench coach. I think he's expressed not a desire to coach, oh. if I remember rightly. And he's too good of an ambassador for the game. He needs to be in like media. Yeah. Or like an outreach or He needs in the... to be an antidote to all these old white men like Smoltz who like Oh my god. Are, are like constantly about how good the game was back in my day and all this stuff. Well, like you know, uh, I was thinking about this too, like everybody every other sport has that one announcer where you know, okay, this is like serious business. Like they bought in the big guns. Like you, that's when you know it's like their big game. Is Joe Buck really that for baseball, or is John Smoltz really that for Tom for baseball? Verducci. Yeah, Verducci. Like they don't have that one distinguishable voice. It's where it, it's it, like I, it's Joe Buck. I think it I mean, is like, Joe Buck or Costas. Like, it used to be Costas way back when. Yeah. But they don't have that one where it's like the goat of broadcasting for baseball. And I think that's something that is also seriously hurting the sport. Like, yes. if you saw, I know you're not a hockey fan, but um, Doc Emmerich just retired, which I'm very, very upset about. And But he always called all the big games and he was just so good at it. And if you saw the reaction to his retiring at like, just everywhere and it wasn't even you know just hockey it was everyone because right. he was just so respected and he had and he had a style that was recognizable and he, you knew when he was calling the game like this was it this was the big time and I don't associate Joe Buck with that for baseball yeah me neither I mean like yeah baseball's national booths are like woefully inadequate yeah it's really sad like for all the and I mean I think part of it I don't know how much of this is just like you know just hire better people frankly but like I think part of it a not insignificant part is that baseball is so hyper local in its culture Mm -hmm. um that like there are so many like local booths that are so beloved among fan bases like Gary, Keith, and Ron, for example, but they aren't the only ones. Um, they just get talked about a lot because they're, you know, in New York. They're in the New York media market, which is one of the bigger ones. But, like, there are a bunch of booths that are famously bad booths, but there are, like, they, there's actually a huge, like, a huge, like, bell curve, like, a wide... Yeah, there's a gap. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, like, really good ones. There's a lot of really bad ones, too, but, yeah, but, like, there's such variation between all the, like, local booths, and there's, like, so many good, like, local booths, but there's not a good national booth, like, at all. And, you know, you know, Joe Morgan just passed away, um... And a lot of that was, you know, he was the voice of my childhood. Right, right, right. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know if he was any good, any bad, because I just knew Sunday nights I would hear his voice. And it that's it brought me back to my childhood and hearing him call a game. And, you know, I had that connection with him, like, I don't know if he, like I said, I really, I was young, so I wasn't listening to, like, criticize the way he called the game, but I don't know if people associate Joe Buck with that. Like, does he have that connection with fans? I don't really think so. I don't either. I do think that there's kind of a, 
There's been, and I don't know how much of this is like our own like corner of baseball fandom that's like hyper online and stuff, but I feel like there has been a little bit of a redemption movement with Joe Buck. Like people really hated his announcing and so they gave him like a lot of crap. And then I feel like there were, there was kind of a backlash of fans being like, okay, he's not that bad. Like, come on guys, which, um... I think is is fair. Like I, yeah. I'm not gonna like spew vitriol. I have nothing against the man. Like no, like he's just a dude. Like he's just he's just fine. Like he's a yeah. dude. Like I think he's better at football. Yeah, I have heard that. Um, but and yeah. uh, you know he doesn't take himself too seriously, and he does have a sense of humor. But he's just, I guess you need somebody like vanilla for a national broadcast but like it's vanilla is like so bad for a baseball booth because like part of what makes like gary keith and ron so good is that like keith and keith especially is like very like off collar sometimes (laughs) and like that's good though because like yeah even though he can occasionally like go too far and put his foot in his mouth a little bit it's good though because you kind of need to have a little bit of character it's entertainment like baseball has a lot more lulls in between plays that you need to fill with like some sort of entertainment and like that's what I think a lot of these dudes who like go across sports like they don't really like understand that baseball uniqueness all that well because like I feel like I mean like I could be totally off base here because I don't watch other sports all that often but like football and uh, hockey especially are just like constant so it's just like all you're doing is literally just saying what's happening the whole time and there's not really much room for anything else but like in baseball, you know, you can take out, like, Gary Heath and Ron, take out the baseball cards and tell <laughs> stories. Like, you need that stuff. And the national booths just don't have that stuff. No. Instead, they fill it with, like, weird mid-inning sideline reporting that no one wants. I know. Well, somebody, uh, my apologies to whoever said it on Twitter, um, they said they should have, like, one of the local like have a guest of like one of the local broadcasts in the booth, like on the national stage. And I, I think, think that, that would, would mean help. a lot. Like I it would so make too. a huge difference. Like in hockey, it's probably because they're too cheap to pay for the rights because nobody cares about hockey on the national level. But the first round of the playoffs is your local guys. Like Sam and Joe call the playoffs. And it's so comforting because these are the guys you watch all year and then like when you're dying you want that comforting voice there guiding you through it and it makes such a big difference like I've seen a lot of because because you know Ron Darling does TBS so he does national playoff games and I've seen people on Twitter who like aren't familiar with him in the Mets booth complain about his his he's so different on a national level exactly and like I didn't realize it until you know I watched some broadcasts with him in it in the national booth it sounds so different. He's like not nearly as good because he doesn't no, have he the camaraderie that he has with Gary and Keith. And he's kind yeah, of that the more... chemistry makes a difference. Exactly. And he's kind of the more even keeled guy. He's almost like the Keith Hernandez foil. And so like with Keith, he works so well. But if you take him away from Keith, it's kind of like meh. And it kind of sucks because he is so smart and he does have such a head for the game. But somehow it just it doesn't come across on the national level. Right. 
and but but I feel like if he were I mean we did experience it a little bit in 2015 and I think he did a great job in those playoffs because yes. he had he came with the Mets knowledge with having watched that team all year long he knows to the level yeah. that the national guys don't necessarily know yeah yeah and then he had they did the SNY post game and he was back with his his guys with Gary and Keith so he was kind of like in his element at that point right and it's not just about like you know these guys like I'm not saying that they're like bad at their jobs like they're professionals for the most part they do their research and they know like they know the stats they know that you know like they know that like a certain pitcher struggled against a certain hitter or they know the splits they can go on fan graphs and look it up it's like that type of stuff they they they're usually prepared but yes. like there's no substitute for having like lived and died with a team for an entire season and now they're in the postseason like you understand the cadence that that season took that you can't understand on a level unless you watched that team every day which obviously the national booth guys are not capable of doing, nor should be expected of them. But that's why having Ron there would make a huge difference if it were the Mets. Like, they showed some emotion, like getting excited. Like, this is... You can't just be even keel when it's a national game for, like, all the marbles. Like, I know that, you know, they have to stay impartial and whatever, but... You have Smoltz, like, just sitting there miserable the whole game. Like, how is that selling your product? Yeah. The quintessential, like, example I always think about when I think about this issue is, like, do you remember the national call of the Andy Chavez catch in the 2006 NLCS? It was so boring and bland. And it was. Oh, yes. Somebody just brought that up. Yes. It was like, but like when we were watching, it was the most spectacular catch I had ever seen. Ever seen. And he doubled the guy off first and saved yes. the Mets season in that moment right there. I mean, obviously, like we've, like Mets fans have litigated <laughs> over well. and over again, like it would have been a bigger deal in the greater baseball lexicon if the Mets had gone on to win that series. Nonetheless, it was. It was amazing. It was an incredible play. And then you said you the stark contrast between the Gary Cohen radio mm-hmm. call and that is the best example I can think of when you think of the difference between a local booth and the national booth when the playoffs are happening. And that's what, you know, in hockey, that's what Doc Emmerich would would do. Like he was just a fan of the game. He got excited no matter what happened. Like right. he wasn't you don't have rooting to be a for homer. anybody. No, he was just excited that good hockey was being played, and he was there to call it. And that's all I ask. You're here to watch the best baseball players in the world do incredible things, and if you can't get excited for that, like reevaluate your life, John Smoltz. Yeah, what are you doing here? <laughs> Why is this your job then? Yeah, why do you want to sit there and complain and be miserable the whole time? Why do the people that hold the highest positions in baseball not like baseball? I know. Why do they have to ruin it for everybody? Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, again, this is what it all comes down to. They ruin it for everybody. Yeah. Um, Maybe that should be the title of the podcast. (laughs) Oh, there was a Simpsons quote. um, 
Oh, if it's either one of the twins, either Sherry or Terry, she yells at Bart, you ruined everything, you ruiner. Like, that's <laughs> basically Rob Manfred. That is basically Rob Manfred. He does ruin everything. You ruiner. Um, but we will end the show on a happy note like we always do, despite whatever Rob Manfred does with walk-off wins where each of us he talks about He can't ruin our walk-off wins. He cannot. No one can. <laughs> um, where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Linda Surovich has a very, very special walk off win this week. Tell <laughs> us all about it. So I sat down to lunch one day at my desk and, you know, I took out my phone. I see if I have text message. It's from Kellyanne saying, I know if you have a lot going on with like the move and everything. And but she was like, and there's a picture attached to the text message. And she was like, but can I interest you in a kitten? And oh my god, this kitten! It looks, it looked exactly like my childhood cat Birdie, like the calico, the markings. Um, it's if my cat Birdie had a kitten with Jakey, because then she has like a little mustache on her that Jakey has, like a little brown mustache by her nose, then that's the same marking Jakey has. Um, so I texted my sister because her cat died in May and I said, you know, my friend has a kitten. Do you want it? And she said yes, but her husband said no. So I was like, oh, this kitten. So I told Kellyanne I would take the kitten. So Kellyanne came on last Friday with the kitten um, she had she enjoyed her road trip from New Jersey. She played her classical music to keep her calm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is the most Kellyanne sentence I have ever heard in my life. She was like, I drove slow. I played classical music. She slept the whole time. <laughs> um, uh, she has more toys than I do furniture at this point, and you can probably <laughs> hear her because she's been crying the whole time. She's been scratching at the door. Um, so I ended up keeping her, um, and her name, which podcast dad Brian came up with is Madison Shea Gatto. Um, so it combines my love of the Mets and Rangers because then her initials are MSG, um, for Madison Square Garden. Um, I've been calling her Miss Gatto in the morning. I'm like, oh, what's the matter, Miss Gatto? You hungry? Um, <laughs> She's so cute. She is. She's just, she's a little snuggler. She, like, she just, she hates not being with me. And that's why she's beside herself right now. Because then my sister came the next day to visit her. And just to see her. And she bought the kids. And she was like, I can't take her from you. Like, the first night, she was never scared. She came right out. She explored. She never hid. She snuggled right away. I was like, oh, my little girl. But now, I haven't bought Jakey over yet. So, I'm kind of nervous how that's going to go. Crossing my fingers that they love yeah. each other and become BFFs. It'll be like a Willow Max situation. I know, that's cats. what I want. I just want a Willow Max situation, but with my Jakey. Cause Willow and Mac are serious pals. <gasps> yeah, they are, they are just too cute. And that's what I want. And I miss Jakey because I've been staying at my new place because I didn't want to leave her by herself. So I had like no furniture. I was sleeping on an arrow bed and... um. 
but yeah, so like I spent my first night in my new home with my new kitten and she was snuggled at the bottom of the bed and um, she's trained me well. When she wants me to get up, she starts chewing on my hair. I'm like, okay, now I know you're hungry. <laughs> like, I'm up, I'm up. <laughs> oh, she's too smart for her own good. So, but she's the cutest little meow, too. And I feel so bad that I have her locked out. I just want to let her in the room. But because I was going to podcast like out in the living room so I could have the TV on, but she was just running across the keyboard, playing with the wires, biting on everything. Like, yeah, this isn't going to work. So <laughs> I was going to say, we don't care if there are so- cat sound effects on the podcast. Lord knows it would not be the first pet appearance no. on the podcast. However, chewing the wires might be an issue and running yeah. on the keyboard. I was going to say, like, I had an issue with Amazon again. Um, so... I was chatting with them and they were looking into my issue and she ran across the keyboard and exited out of the chat. So I didn't need need a repeat of that with the podcast where all of a sudden like, it's like, where'd Linda go? (laughs) Did you see, um, this is kind of a side note, but I think our audience will find this amusing. Did you see um, Nick Francota's tweet about how he was chatting with like a Best Buy customer service agent? Oh, yes. It was Mike Trout. (laughs) And it was like, what can't he do? (laughs) Yeah, that was good. (laughs) But yeah, so sorry. But Miss Gato will not be making her podcast debut today. Although, unless my microphone picked up her crying, which is very possible because she's been crying this whole time. (laughs) Someday she will make her podcast appearance. Maybe when she's a little older. Yeah. Oh, I have no doubt she's going to make her podcast debut because like I said, she just she hates when I'm not there and she gets so upset and me being me I get upset when she's upset and then I just cave into her I'm gonna be such a bad parent like okay you cried here take whatever you want yeah (laughs) I don't think that's what you're supposed to do it it gets them into bad habits she knows she's cute and can get away with it yes and she uses it to her advantage she's so smart And they they know how to train you. Like, every time I go in the kitchen, she comes trotting in right behind me. And I'm like, I just fed you an hour ago. How are you hungry again? But, no, I wouldn't have it any other way. So, that's my that's my walk up one. And Kellyanne was my first guest at my new home. Yay! So, it was like, it was a big week. Yay! I have a new home, a new kitten. And I'm finally getting into a new... Because I didn't have a closet. So I was torn between two spots. Like, I would have to go home to my parents' house, get ready for work, then go to work, then come back to this place. So I was very unsettled for a while. Um, I'm still unsettled, but we're getting there. Slowly but surely, don't ever move during a pandemic. Yeah, it sucks. Can my confirm. final advice. Can confirm. Yes. Uh, except I luckily like I didn't have to furnish the entire place I had furniture already but I was you're so lucky from a storage unit but I did recently buy new furniture that's going to be delivered in December thanks I I was gonna say was it on back order oh yeah I mean like this place is like not to get too into it but this the the place I ordered the furniture from is like it's kind of a fancier place I decided I'm past the Ikea stage of my life and so yeah. like invest it's fine yeah and so like their furniture like essentially all of it is made to order because it's like pretty customizable what you can get okay. and so like it takes a long time for it to come because it's not like it's like here is this existing table 
that we will then ship to you. It's like, we will make the table and then ship oh, you the table. Okay, so that's a little more understandable. For me, it's just couldn't find furniture anywhere. Yep. And, and obviously COVID has exacerbated everything, so. Yeah, um, yeah, but no, it's a walk-off win. It's a happy walk-off win. Yeah. So. New kitty. Madison yes. Shea Gato. Oh, you kitty. cat. Yeah, maybe you should tweet a picture of her tomorrow. Yes, we will. Yes, we should do I'll, that. Let's yeah, tweet. I'll send from, you a picture. We will tweet a, a picture of her tomorrow when the episode goes up so that you guys can see the new adorable cat. Calicos are my favorite because I'm a nerd and I love genetics and they are the perfect example of X-linked mosaicism. So it's great. Um, <laughs> only female cats can be calico. Yeah, I find that so biology lesson everyone so cats cats sex chromosomes work just like humans where the boys are xy and the girls are xx and so because and this happens in humans too there's a process called x inactivation um that happens in females because we have two of the same sex chromosome we can't have them both active at the same time because then you'll have a problem called gene dosage which is basically the problem in down syndrome because people with down syndrome have an extra chromosome that they that is not naturally there so um they basically have like too much expression of all their genes from that chromosome um and that would happen with the x chromosome in all women if we didn't undergo this process called x inactivation where basically only one of our x chromosomes is active in each of our cells and it's random so it's not the same one it's basically a 50 50 chance for each cell either one of your one of your x's is active and one is inactive so in calico cats the reason they have that fun pattern with their fur is because of different X chromosomes being active in different cells and then they oh. express different fur colors in their different oh. cells. And that's why boy cats can't be calico because oh, yeah, they only that makes have sense. one X. So the same X chromosome in all boy cats is expressed in all their cells. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, interesting. Yeah, fun genetics lesson. Genetics 101 for all of our listeners. Yay. See, look at Maddie's educating the people. She is. She's already She's already a star. She um, is. But yeah, I'm very excited for you. She's so cute. Um, my walk-off win for this week is, I kind of alluded to it earlier in the podcast, but um, Thursday of this week is my birthday, um, and I'm turning 30 this year. So yes, it's kind happy of a, birthday. Thank you. It's kind of a milestone birthday for me. Um, but, you know, like having any sort of, and obviously we've run into this with weddings and all sorts of other special occasions, like having any sort of like party or anything with COVID is, you know, like you can't really gather right now. Um, so I wanted to figure out a way to celebrate my birthday but do it as safely as possible. Um, And so my close friends from college and I um, did like a socially distant birthday celebration where we went on a hike in Patapsco Valley State Park in Maryland. Um, And then we went to a brewery afterwards that's on a farm. It's called Manor Hill Brewing in Ellicott City, Maryland. If you live in the area of like Baltimore um, or even D.C. Because it wasn't that far from here. It was maybe like 50 minute drive. But it's a little bit closer to Baltimore. But a lot of my friends live in Baltimore, Delaware. So um, it was less of a trek for them. Um, But yeah, we went to this brewery called Manor Hill Brewing in Ellicott City. um, And it's on a farm. So they have like acres and acres of space <laughs> to spread out um they have a few outdoor table outdoor tables but like most of it is just like this giant field where you can just put like lawn chairs and blankets down um, oh. 
and sit out and then you like you put your mask on you go to the to the brewery like to the bar and you get your beer and then you bring it to your spot and then you can drink it um so it felt it all felt like very safe like our group kind of sat like in our little like right next to each other on blankets within our household pods but then like people who like were roommates or or lived together like sat like on the same blanket but then like our little small pods were like distanced apart but then like our whole big group was like nowhere near any of the other groups um so it all felt very safe um and during the hike we had our masks on the whole time you know constantly like washing hands sanitizing like all that um so it felt the whole thing felt like very you know safe and but still a super super fun day the weather was gorgeous I couldn't have asked for better perfect fall weather it was like 71 degrees oh, and nice. cloudy it was beautiful um beautiful day for a hike um beautiful day to sit out have some beer the beer was delicious um I got too drunk because my friends kept buying me more beers um but <laughs> it fine. was lovely nonetheless I suffered for it the next day but that day was a great day <laughs> um so yeah I had so much fun um and yeah if, like I said if you're in the area I can't recommend Manor Hill enough they are really taking COVID precautions seriously uh, but their beer is also delicious and you can easily socially distance and get out of the house a little bit um even if it isn't quite the same so I was so happy to just be able to spend some socially distant face-to-face time with a lot of people who I haven't seen in a really long time. Um, oh, good. Glad you had a good a good day. So I was, that was happy. Uh, and then this weekend, um, my parents are coming uh, to go out to dinner just to have like a little family birthday celebration. Oh, nice. So that'll be fun and I made sure I found a restaurant that has like a patio that's like away from the street and like not you know like made sure that it was like a covid conscious restaurant because honestly some of the restaurants in my neighborhood i definitely wouldn't feel comfortable eating at even outside because like the outside area is like right on the sidewalk so it's like there's all these people walking by so like yeah um so i want to make i wanted to make sure i found a restaurant that had like a rooftop deck or like something that's like away from the street and i managed to find that i think so we will hopefully uh feel good about eating outside um, well, your 30th birthday will be a memorable one. Exactly, it will be. Um, because because it's a pandemic, but also because literally it is almost to the day, the day that the Wilpons will officially no longer be Mets owners. <laughs> so that's so you should celebrate and go out and go hard. Yeah, happy birthday to me. The Wilpon yep. era is over. <laughs> we all named the episode that there have been like several things yes that oh that's a good one happy yes. birthday to me the will pon era is over, is over. <laughs> i like that um yep uh so that does it for the show this week um you should go to amazingavenue.com and check out all of our fantastic content we are in off-season mode but the off-season plan contest should be up soon um i know that rich wrote a piece about like stealing players from our NL East rivals I think um and yeah so we've we've got a ton of cool content for you while baseball is away once more um you should check all all of that out and check out our whole entire Amazing Avenue suite of podcasts um subscribe to the show um and rate and leave a rate and review it really helps people find it you can follow the site Amazing Avenue on Twitter Facebook and Instagram at Amazing Avenue you can follow the show on Twitter at a pod of their own you can follow each of us on Twitter I am at petite phd where are you Linda 
at Linda Servish. And you can find Kellyanne in the Amazing Avenue comments, La Romabella, moderating all of your comments. So don't leave anything nasty for her. Um, but you <laughs> don't should make join. her job harder. <laughs> yeah, don't make her job harder, guys. Um, but you should uh, join us uh, on the site and in the comments section. We love having all of you there. Um, but yeah, the original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunka. And let's go Mets. Don't forget, there is no crying in the podcast. See you guys. Enjoy.